Havoc was wreaked upon Chicago in the 1980s as a group of sadomasochistic Satanists prowled the streets looking for their next victim. We want to warn you up front that this story contains accounts of rape, torture, mutilation, and absolutely horrific sexual assault. This will certainly be one of our heaviest and darkest episodes, and we understand if you want to stop listening right now. If you're sticking with us for this one, though, then get ready to hear the story of the satanic cult known as the Ripper Crew. Thanks for listening to Middle-Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death and UFOs, and other creepy, Cults. weird, random ghosts. There you go. Yeah. Not uh, just naming things in the room. I'm Cash. Joel's sitting right there across from Here me. I am. We're middle-aged and mediocre, I'm, and we have got a dark story for you today. I, I got the energy still. You still got the energy. I can't turn it off from uh, last week. Well, I think this one might drain you. I think this story I might drain you the energy. I've been kicked out two funerals. You got the Motorhead shirt on? Monster? Well, it's actually Blockhead Records. Yeah. What is that? It's a, a record store in Indiana. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just thought it was a motorhead. They have energy. They have energy. You've never been to Indiana. (laughs) Okay. Prove it. Prove it. Indiana, (laughs) sure. They don't just let anyone in, Joel. I've been there. I have a shirt. Okay, I can order that. I bought records from there. Sure you did. Prove it. You got receipts? I bought a Man at Arms uh, Funko Pop. So you just do all your shopping in Indiana. (laughs) I'm going to move to Indiana. And you weren't going to tell me? This is how I find out? (laughs) Yep. That's nice. So... All right. uh, I hesitated to do this story uh, because, like, I know we talk about murder and awful yeah, things. Sure. But, like, we always still try to maintain some sort of level of, like, fun. Uh-huh. You know, like, ener- like good energy. Good energy. But this one's going to be hard to do. Make, so, make jokes about it and like, stuff. Like, we're not, yeah, like, and, you know, we say that. We don't ever make jokes about, like, victims. Yeah. You know, we don't mock victims or anything like that. Uh-uh. But, like, we usually talk about what pieces of shit the actual killers the killers are yeah. and we make jokes at their expense maybe, maybe the police which we can make plenty of jokes at the expense right. of these guys yeah, too cool. so but i'm just saying this one's ugh, it's rough uh as you guys heard in the beginning little uh opening uh this one's gonna there's gonna be talk about rape torture uh mutilation uh sexual assault like so trigger warning yeah you know uh Turn back now if that's... Do I have to say? Nothing you want to hear about. Should I leave? Should you? You might want to leave, too. Do you have that? Do you have the play thing of just all my reactions? Of your, uh, what is it, the soundboard? Yeah. The Joel soundboard? Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Uh-huh. Sure. Right, yeah. And then what? Uh, so, but before we get... No it, kidding. At the end of this, though, you're going to have to basically baptize us with a feel-good. <laughs> all right. To wash away oh. all of the filth. Uh... Before we get into all that, though, what's going on, buddy? What a week. What a week. What a week. My arms are tired. Yeah. What? I've been so energetic all week. Yeah. You just, we, uh, you've been bringing the since energy. Since we recorded last week, you and I went on a road trip together. We did. We re- went on the road trip immediately, immediately after <laughs> recording the last But still, episode. it's happened since last week. Yeah. 
Yeah, we took a trip to a comedy show in Charleston, uh, in West the Virginia, big city of Charleston. Well, it was actually in Bell, West Virginia. Yeah. I think is what abandoned. it was. <laughs> I'd say an abandoned, abandoned, an abandoned Kmart. An, a, abandoned. Yeah, all the employees one day were just like, "We got to get the fuck out of here." But there's more people. There's a lot of people there to watch. It was a good. It was a good crowd. turnout. Yeah. yeah. So like some little theater company has like yeah. taken a part of. This empty Kmart building and they got stage built. It's and pretty everything. cool. I mean, yeah. it's a good setup. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was. Did you get any sparks? Did you want to get up there and perform? No. Watching. Uh, me either. No, I didn't. It actually had the opposite effect on me. Uh huh. And only because like, there's just so much shit going on. There is in the world <laughs> that just watching. If I found it very hard to like, laugh. At things, yeah. Uh, I, like I thought, the funniest comedians didn't really even talk about the COVID. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like yeah. the one guy Shank, he didn't bring it up one time, really. Yeah, I'd say uh, he had probably one of the better sets. Like Shank and Andy both killed yeah. it. Um, Andy Frampton. Yeah, yeah. Like the last thing I want to hear about is COVID. From you know, uh-huh. like I'm sure that's going to be every once. But what about the drive up? Just the quality of time with me and you. Well, we held hands the whole time, which I thought was sweet. Uh, well, you I wouldn't a, let you. You have a hands. very sweaty grip. I will say that. I was nervous. <laughs> no, it was a good. It was a good time. Uh, yeah, hopefully we're gonna start getting out there and doing some road trips again. Yeah, like, it was fun getting out of town. Weather's better now, so sunshine. Yeah, it's actually been. How about that? It's been warm when you're out in the sun. How about that weather? How about that? That's what we are now. We're a weather podcast. We're really just kind of delaying. When we say it's dark, we just mean there was We're delaying the terribleness that we're yeah. about to get into. I uh, got a tattoo. I got a new tattoo. Yeah, I Joe got a new that. tattoo. Uh, right over my face. It's a bold move, man. Trump 2020. <laughs> I'm not I'm not letting go of it, okay? You should get that. Uh, He's the, my president. The dude at the end of my street that yeah. has the... I keep wanting that Captain America Trump flag. Feel, he is never getting rid of we it. We can't heal until that thing is gone. I saw him outside uh, a couple days ago when I was heading to work, I think. It took everything in my power not to just be like, please get rid of that. I need it to disappear. How much money do you <laughs> What do you want for it? Please. But no, until that flag comes down. Yeah, we, uh, as a country, we cannot I heal. feel like there's still a chance Trump's going to. Return. He's gonna come do a press conference right there in front of that gate. I think yesterday was supposed. To, yesterday or today was supposed to be when yesterday. the uh, military took over and yeah. made him president. Did it happen? Did, did that happen? I was gonna ask I you. Know. I don't I think know. it did. But <laughs> I don't watch a lot of YouTube, so mm. I haven't seen anything on it about. I do that too. Yeah, uh-huh. TV's kind of unless it's like sports. TV's pretty much yeah. dead to me. <laughs> so uh, I don't, you hear that TV? I don't understand the point of it anymore. Uh so yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, hopefully we're going to start doing some more road trips. Yeah. Uh, start doing visiting some places that we talk about on the podcast. I think that'd be fun. Uh, maybe do some more, go to some more stand up stuff. Maybe yeah. even start doing some stand up at some point. Maybe see how that goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if we can think of anything funny to start saying, which I don't think. COVID. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am doing a new podcast. Here we go. Uh, if Anybody listening is a wrestling fan, or more specifically an AEW fan, uh, I'm doing a podcast called AEWTF. Um, it is myself, uh, our buddy Tim, who was also a pro wrestler, and then uh, our friend Jason, who 
is not a pro wrestler, but has been a lifelong wrestling fan. Yeah. And we review AEW. He hasn't gotten in the ring like us. No, he's not a veteran like us. <laughs> uh, we got two episodes up right now. You can check that out. Uh, Anchor.fm slash AEWTF dash cast. Uh, we'll keep doing that. We're going to be doing the pay-per-view, uh, the Revolution pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. We'll have that episode up. So check that out if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, it's a good time, sort of. Uh, <laughs> we ba- we basically just review the show. Definitely a big good time. We, I mean, there's two pro wrestlers, so we kind of give like insights into things that are going on uh-huh. and what worked and what we think didn't. There's work. hardly any murder. So far, there hasn't been any murder, yeah. which disappoints me. <laughs> Tw- two weeks in a row Step now. Up, AEW. I've been disappointed. I'm going to start inserting some in well, there. Don't though. they have like a barbed wire death match? Yeah. So yeah. someone has to die. At the show Sunday. Yeah, tomorrow night's pay-per-view. I mean, it's has called a barbed wire death match. An exploding barbed wire death match. Okay, it does say death in the title. It does say death okay. in the title. If someone so. doesn't die, then I'm suing AEW. All right. I will represent you. Good. I'll file okay. the paperwork for you. All right. <laughs> well, you hate to see it, but they, they that's what they're advertised. Look, that's you told me yeah. death. Death. So I didn't I didn't say death. They should make it you a, did. they should make it a lumberjack. Exploding barbed wire death match on a pole. <laughs> Put the whole thing on a two pole. out of three. Like just they the gotta kill you, bring you back pole. to life. Then you gotta get killed again. I don't know if they have the technology. They do. Oh, okay. It's TNT. Well, it's Tony Khan too. It's he, TNT. They know drama. And Khan has like billions of dollars. Uh-huh. So yeah, you know what? And, You're probably right. And the Jaguars have the first pick in the draft. Trevor Lawrence. Yep. I would love it if they. His dad owns the Jaguars. Yeah. What is his name? Sh- Shaka Khan. I don't think it's quite that, but it's close. <laughs> uh, I, I saw him. I went to a Jacksonville Jaguars game with our buddy Justin. Yeah. And he came out and, like, he says hi to all the fans. And, like, there's a whole section, like, that has, like, a sign for him. And he seemed like a pretty cool dude, like cool. a pretty cool owner. But See? So they can bring know. someone back to life to kill him again. Football. <laughs> Wrestling. Football is actually happening again right now. Right uh, now, the FCS division. Oh, uh, the one with Johnny Manziel. Where the no, fans, no, that's uh, uh that's F, that's fan controlled, fan controlled something. But yeah, I haven't watched any of that. No, this is like Division One. Are you betting on it? Uh, yeah, I won. Like, you're won betting some, on everything. Won some money. I followed your Twitter. Won some money off it last night. You bet on ping pong, dude. Some dude posts ping pong picks, <laughs> and I take them. <laughs> he posted ping pong picks. He, dude, every match. Uh. <laughs> It so basically so I guess it's it's table tennis first of okay. all. Okay, <laughs> sorry. And then it seems like it's apparently a pretty big deal in Russia. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because like both of the leagues that are on Fanduel are Russian leagues. So do you watch table tennis? Fuck matches? no, I don't watch okay. it. No, he posted, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll throw a couple bucks on that. Like he seems he seems pretty positive. Yeah. And then yeah, they, he's cool. pretty good. All right. No, I'm checking with him. Money. I don't even know how the hell you watch t- table tennis. <laughs> In Russia, in Russia, I think I just imagine you on your computer. Just no, I just tennis. I just look for other people to be confident in their picks. Uh-huh. And then yeah, I won last night Thank on uh, Albany the FCS. They beat somebody. Sure they did. I don't fucking know. Big game, a huge game. <laughs> <laughs> I got all sorts of money on the uh, UFC pay per view tonight. Oh yeah, and the yeah. All Star game tomorrow. Cool. Yep. Yep. So, sports. It's fun. It's it's fun to lose all your money. Make sports way more. I was watching. Uh, what game was it last night? That like in like while I'm watching it, I realized there's not a chance in hell I would ever <laughs> be watching this if I didn't have money on it. Yeah. And I was so invested. Do you have like a little rolled up newspaper that you watch with and like <laughs> smack it against your knee? Nope. But I'm going to start tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I. To. Yeah. That is starting Thank tonight. Thank you. 
Uh, I'm gonna get a bookie. You wanna be my bookie? <laughs> sure. Okay. Can I break your knees? I mean, I'm. You might have to. It probably wouldn't take much, honestly. <laughs> I could give your knees a stern look, and they would uh, just be like. You're 100 percent right about yeah. that. If you just sort of like push on it, <laughs> it's gonna crack in two. Okay, so All right, let's, let's get, get into in. this. Uh, like we said, we're talking about the Ripper Crew, uh, and not a whole lot is really known about the Ripper Crew, about the origins of it. Um, zero doubt, though, that there's an extremely dark history there with all of the members, um, with just depraved acts stacked up one after the other, acting as like the building blocks of this group. Based on their own recorded statements and signature style of mutilating their victims, though, uh, the group known as the Ripper Crew is thought to be responsible for the slayings of as many as 17 women. Damn. Uh, and There's for that Joel soundboard, and actually probably more than seventeen. To, be, to like, it's possible. Yeah. Um, and then for an unrelated fatal shooting of a man in the early 1980s, uh, authorities say that they stalked the streets in Chicago uh, in a reddish orange van, looking for people to abduct. What we do know Let's is get that the van that was stand out the most. A <laughs> reddish, reddish orange. orange. Uh, what we do know is that the Ripper Crew or the Chicago Rippers uh, was sounds a sounds like a minor league hockey team. Chicago Rippers. Yeah, it is kind of a badass. Like, have you bet on them? Uh, I no, not yet. <laughs> Fanduel doesn't take their action over under mutilations. That is that is a bummer that that to be associated with this because Chicago Rippers is a pretty badass name. Yeah, for like yeah, like you said, like a that'd be a good like a hockey team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they're a satanic cult, basically, um, a little, cult could be a little iffy, uh, but the composed of the leader is Robert Gecht, uh, and then Edward, Edward Spritzer, and then the brothers, no, or these two brothers, Andrew and Thomas, uh, Cocorales. So it's just four dudes. Uh-huh. Um, and Gecht's definitely the leader here. Uh... Gek? We'll get into how he kind of. We'll kind of get into how they all came together. Again, not a lot's really known about like how this all got started. Yeah. So, uh, the Ripper crew though would allegedly drive around in the van looking for prostitutes to sacrifice. They would kidnap women from around Chicago and bring them back to Robin Gek's home, where he had built a makeshift uh, satanic temple in his attic. According to police reports, the room was lit only by candles and contained an altar draped with a red cloth, and then the walls were painted with six red and black crosses. Uh, the attic was the scene of the murders. Gek would stand over the victims. Well, man cave. His man cave. Uh, he would stand over the victims and his three followers and read passages from the, the Satanic Bible. And then while he read this, uh, it's gotta be a production. The other three would rape and torture the oh. victim. Uh, after the body had been mutilated uh, and raped, Gecht would cut the left breast off of the women, and then he would cut that into like four pieces to get, and then give it to his other give it to the people, the followers. Yeah, uh, and then they would uh, they would take turns raping the open wound. Jesus, uh, and then they would also masturbate into the chopped up breast. So, like, even for Satan worshippers, uh-huh. a little far. A little bit much. A little bit much. So, we are going to talk about the victims of the Ripper crew to start this out with. 
uh, then we'll get a little bit more into the crew themselves. So the first victim, her name is Linda, uh, was Linda Sutton. Sutton. She was 28. Uh, she was abducted on May 23rd, 1981, uh, in during the day in a heavily trafficked tourist area around or near uh, Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And her body was found 10 days later uh, in an empty field in Villa Park. So on June 1st, 1981, detectives received a call about a foul smell from a parking lot behind the Rip Van Winkle Motel. And detectives arrived thinking that they would probably just find like a dead deer, Uh some kind of animal carcass, but instead found Linda Sutton's uh, decomposing body. Uh, The hotel... Which is gone. And this is summertime. You said June first. It was so. June. Yeah, yeah, June. So it's yeah. Ten days of being out there. Not good. Um, the hotel's been called the Bear Rabbit Hotel, the Moonlit Hotel. It was known as like a quickie motel uh-huh. for drugs and Prostitute. sex. Yeah. Um, the body was mostly bones by the time it was found, uh, with just some flesh kind of clinging to the bones. Still, uh-huh. it looked like wildlife and maggots had pretty much. Yeah. Done its done their thing. Even in the state it was in, though, officers knew this would look like a murder because there was still a pair of handcuffs oh. attached to one of the wrists. Um, there was a gag that was found crammed into the, the into her mouth. Uh, she'd been wearing a sweater. Her panties were pulled down uh, past her knees. Inside her sock was like seventeen bucks, um, which they said ruled out robbery yeah, for them um, from the state of the body detectives thought that most likely lo- the location was not the crime scene um, but more that it had just been dumped Dump, there yeah, dumping site. yeah. Uh, they also didn't think that the body had laid there for the amount of time needed for decomposition decompos- so they took soil samples to see if like the fluids had seeped into the ground uh-huh. the coroner performed an autopsy um, he couldn't get finger- fingerprints from the body he used dental records to ID uh, what, Linda, I think was her name. Yeah, yeah. Linda. Um, it took two weeks, but they finally found out who the, the Jane Doe was. Uh, the the uh, medical, ex- medical examiner also found out that she'd only been dead for three days. So the accelerated decomposition was because of... So she was kidnapped. Oh, wow. So she was alive then for... Yeah. Seven days. They said that the, the uh, accelerated decomposition was from where both of her breasts had been cut off. Oh. So there was, like, just those huge wounds. Yeah. And like, I mean, it just... Probably attracted animals more. Yeah. Jesus. Um, she'd been gang-raped, sodomized, uh, breast cut off, um, kept her... You know, she'd been handcuffed, stabbed her numerous times, and then just mutilated, like, the whole time they had her. So that was the first victim. Uh, and then there's a couple possible victims that they're really not sure the Ripper crew did, but definitely there was a woman named Cynthia Smith. Um, she survived an attack, but she was pulled into a van, cut, uh-huh. and she got away. Uh, but she really didn't she didn't see any she really didn't have time to like see yeah. anything or so they don't know if it was the crew or not, but kind of fits their MO. MO. Um and then there was a cocktail waitress, don't know her name, abducted on February 12th, 1982, after her car ran out of gas. Um, the car was found abandoned alongside the road. The Upon inspecting the vehicle, the gas gauge was on empty. 
Her purse was lying on the passenger seat. The keys were still in the ignition. Her body would be found uh, alongside the road. It was mutilated, tortured, and raped. Uh-huh. So not sure if they did it, but again. Um, then another possible victim was a, a Hispa- Hispanic female. Just a few days after the cocktail waitress's body was found, they found the body of the this Hispanic female. Um, her breasts had been bitten, like says savagely. Uh, and then a psychic told the police that the crime was committed by a local animal lover. I don't really know what that's doing with anything, but what? that's what the psychic said. So there was a few times in this whole thing where, like, the police relied on psychics, uh-huh. which is odd to me. Like, I don't know if that was a big thing in the it's, 80s. Not, yeah, it has no other leads. <laughs> right. So, so those were possible victims. A, a confirmed victim uh, is Lorraine Borowski. She was 21. And on May 15th, 1982, she was seen leaving uh, her apartment uh, around 8 a.m. So, like, early morning. She was walking to the REMAX office where she worked. Uh, Her boss, Donald, arrived for work at 8.30 a.m. that morning. The door was still locked. So he was letting himself in. He noticed that there was some stuff on the sidewalk. A pair of women's shoes. A keychain with keys. And then, like, uh, lipstick and makeup and stuff. Uh-huh. So he just thought that some woman had dropped her purse or just, like, yeah. spilled her purse out and didn't know. So he picked everything up, took them inside, called the police just so they could come. I don't know why you – that's a strange thing, though. Like, I don't know yeah. why you'd call the police. Like, I found some I found some makeup. You guys <laughs> want to come shoes. get this? Uh, while waiting for them to arrive, he looked over everything more caref- more closely and realized that the keychain was uh, the keychain with of his company. Yeah. So, um, he kind of put two and two together. He tried to use the key that was on the keychain and figured out that it was the key for the door oh. for the office. So, he then assumed that the items belonged to Lori, uh, or Lorraine, also known as Lori. Um, so, then... Once the detectives got there, they all go outside. They start searching the area for her. The detectives talk to neighbors, get a description of what she's wearing. Uh, so they issue a bolo for her. She's five foot three, 120 pounds. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Good job. You are basically a detective. Yeah. You know all the lingo. I do. <laughs> Just in case anyone was confused. Uh, yeah, now I am. Uh, <laughs> they issued a bolo. Yeah, so... It you know she apparently looked like she'd been taken from right outside the uh, front of this yeah. of where she works. All her stuff's right there. Her body would not be found for four months. Whoa. It was found on October tenth, nineteen eighty two. Uh, some hunters were walking through the uh, the Clarendon Clarendon Hills Cemetery, and they found her. Her body had been dumped uh, in like the thicket, and her clothing was just kind of like thrown, yeah, uh, like nearby. Her family had actually searched that area uh, before the hunters found her. Her mom would actually say that, like, it pretty much haunted her that she was, like, 10 feet away. Yeah. And she didn't see her. I mean, maybe. Maybe. That's, I mean, maybe she was dumped there later, too. Yeah. 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 She might have been there when the family was looking. Her mom would also, I guess, like, during the search, like, she would carry around, like, a white sheet. Uh Uh-huh. Because she was like, when I find her, I want to be able to cover her up. Like, so, yeah. Like... Uh, but yeah, the, so the family had searched it and then they had talked to a psychic and the psychic had said that Lori's body was in a cemetery. Uh, it's assumed that the killers 
had kept Lori alive for quite a while after abducting her. Um, but then they also kept her corpse for quite a long time after uh-huh. killing her before they dumped it at the cemetery. Uh, the autopsy would reveal that she had been repeatedly raped. A wire, a uh, like a piano wire, uh-huh. uh, a garrote, I think, it's yeah, whatever, had been wrapped around her breast until it was cut off, God, which damn. is how they seems like they did that kind of often. She had been beaten savagely. It appeared that something had been inserted into the wound from her where they cut off her left yeah. breast. Left breast is always the what they do, uh, and then she was killed with an axe. That's how she died. So then we got um, uh, Shui Shui Mock, I think is how you say it. S H uh, U I is her first name, and then M A K is her last name. So I think it's Shui Mock. Age 30, she had just moved uh, from Hong Kong about three years prior to when this all happened on the night of May 29th, 1982. Um, she left the family's restaurant after work, where she where she worked, uh, with her brother. They were in a car, and reportedly they were arguing over like just some dumb shit about like Kent had taken one of her tables at the yeah. restaurant, so they, they were arguing about the tips, I guess. Yeah. Or whatever, and, um, or no, I'm sorry, I misread that completely the first time even when I wrote this. They were arguing because he had taken a table from the restaurant that he was going to use to stand on to paint the garage. <laughs> but So she was pissed, though, that he took a table. A from, table. Yeah. Um, and then apparently he, like, while they're on the highway, he pulls over and tells her to get out. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and then, so she gets out, um... Because they're figuring, he his mindset is like their parents are going to be right behind them because uh-huh. they're leaving the restaurant too. Sure, and they'll pick her, they'll up. Pick her up. He doesn't want to fucking deal with her though. So yeah, he drops I'm nothing you in your mouth. He drops her off and he leaves her. Uh, Jeez. And yeah, that's she's not seen again alive. So uh, their sister Ling was driving uh, the other car home that night, and she actually passed. Shui? Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they she just didn't know, recognize her or what, but she didn't pick her up either. Um, so once everybody kind of got home and they realized that she was still, like she was cause fucking Kent, yeah. kicked her out, they go back to try to find her, but they never could. Kent. Uh, the family called the police. Um, Did that guy get his garage painted? <laughs> you know what? This, I don't know. Huh. That's that's another mystery. <laughs> um, that'll be another episode. Uh she didn't have any money or an ID, so they were kind of worried about like how they would even like if how she'd be identified or whatever. Yeah. And she only spoke like limited English. Wow, what a thick mood to kick her to out. To kick her out, man, yeah. Uh on the highway. Like, yeah. So police uh searched the area, couldn't find her though, so they released a A Bolo. There you go. Uh and then on the last day of September nineteen eighty two, police received a call. That a woman's body had been found in a field east of Barrington Road. And it was only about a mile away from where she got out of her brother's car that night. So her body was found in the red sweater and black slacks that she'd been wearing. Uh, The autopsy would show that she died from a fracture to her skull. Uh, Ling, her sister, was only uh, only able to identify her by the clothes she was wearing. Damn. So, yeah. Uh, Then we got... On June 13th, 1982, 
uh, Angel York got into a van. Uh, she was a prostitute. Most of, uh, mostly what they were looking for were prostitutes. Uh-huh. Like the victims haven't been prostitutes, but yeah. that's why they think there's probably a lot more victims. But they just yeah couldn't really didn't you know because all the prostitutes might have gone unreported just because when you're a prostitute right. I mean especially in the eight I mean yeah yeah maybe they were away from their families and families don't even know to exactly report them you know so the ones that they do get you know not not credit I don't know if credit's the right word but the ones that you know they know about the ones who do have family that yeah are looking somebody's for actually them. looking for yeah. them um so she gets into a van with a John um and the John turned out to be four people so she was held in the van. Just all just wearing a trench coat or something and just <laughs> it was four squirrels in a oh. trench coat uh so she's held in the van the handcuff uh they handcuff her to the inside of the van and then one of the men uh hands her a knife and tells her to cut off her own breast and she does oh so she says and by the way she says this because she got away yeah she says that when she did this, one of the men who, uh, it's Robin Gecht, is the man that's doing He's like, this is the fucking biggest turn on for him. So he's like in a, he's like worked up. Yeah. So he takes the knife back and he cuts it some more. Uh, then he starts masturbating into the wound. So when he, he, he finishes... He takes duct tape. I can't. I don't even know what to say about any of this. He takes duct tape to close the wound, and then he just dumps her on the street. So she calls the police immediately. Uh-huh. Of course. Yeah. Um. She describes the attackers, and but the police really can't find them. Like there's not other than like they're in a van in Chicago. They're not a big city. There's not a lot to go on. Yeah. So. She did get a. She did escape though. So. Oh my god. I mean, I, I don't. You know, I guess it's a blessing. I mean, well, to live with that kind of fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, so then. Man, cut off her own breast. Jeez. Uh, Warrior. Well, it sounds like so. She sounds like she cut into it, and then, and then he took the knife and it. like cut. Ugh. Uh, on August twenty eighth, nineteen eighty two, uh, the Chicago police found the body of Sandra Delaware. On the north branch of the Chicago River, and she had been dumped under the Fullerton Avenue Bridge. Uh, she'd been stabbed, strangled, and her left breast had been amputated. Uh, her wrists were bound together behind her back with shoestrings. Um, there were, her bra had been like knotted around her neck, uh-huh. and then the autopsy would show that she had uh, her body had been found only six hours after her death. Oh wow. So then, September 8th, 1982, uh, Rose Beck Davis, she's 30 years old. She's a marketing executive from Broadview. Uh, she's found dead in, in an alley. She'd been dumped under a stairwell of a three-story apartment building. Um, she was found lying on her back. Her sweater was nearby. It looked like it had been ripped off her body. Um, her slacks were found nearby. And investigators first on the scene noticed that her wounds looked a lot like these other victims' uh-huh. wounds. An autopsy showed that she had been stabbed repeatedly, raped, uh, strangled with a black sock. Her face was beaten so badly it was hard uh-huh. to recognize her. Uh, her stomach had a ton of small cuts on it and then punctures where they just stabbed her. 
Uh, her breasts had been cut and mutilated like the other victims. And, oh, this is an awful fucking sentence I never wanted to read. And a large pool of blood had accumulated from her anal cavity. So, she had died uh, from numerous hatchet blows to the face and head. Fuck. That's how she went out. Then we get another possible victim, and this one's got a weird connection. Uh, Carol Poppis, age 42, was the wife of Chicago Cubs pitcher uh, Mitt Poppis. And she's long been speculated to be a victim of the Ripper crew, but uh-huh. there's never been any proof of that. She disappeared on September 11th, 82, uh, after shopping near Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, her body would be found five years later. Uh, it was ruled an accident, but the autopsy, uh, but based on an autopsy, it was hard to determine the cause of death. How do you die by accident and not get found for five That's, years? That's, yeah. And if it's, if they even think it's linked to this crew, there's got to be more than, like, I, I'm doubting it seemed like she just fell and, like, broke her neck. Or, yeah. So, you know. Yeah, that's weird. So I'm sure if it was them, she had, if they think it's them, then she had some significant damage done to yeah. her. Um, and then October 6, 1982, uh, Beverly Washington, age 20, was found by the railroad tracks in Humboldt Park. Uh, unlike the other cruise victims, though, she was barely alive. Oh. So they found her alive, though. Uh, the crew had dumped her body, thinking that she was dead. Uh-huh. And somebody had come across her and called for help. Uh, she had multiple injuries, though, including the amputated left yeah. breast. Uh, her right breast had been cut pretty badly, and then a bunch of stab wounds. Uh, she told the she told her the police what happened. She said that a red Dodge van with tinted, tinted windows had pulled up to ask her how much for a date. And when the driver offered her more than what she was asking for, she became pretty nervous because that's weird. Yeah. She got in the van anyways, though. And then she told the cops all the details she could remember, including that there were feathers, like blue and white feathers, hanging from the rearview mirror by a roach clip. She said that the driver was a thin white man, about 25 years old. Uh, while they were attacking her, he had worn a flannel shirt and square-toed boots. Uh, she said he had greasy brown hair and a mustache. She was describing, at the time, I mean, investigators didn't know this yet, but she was describing Robert Geck. Uh-huh. Um, once she was in the van, Geck had pulled a gun out and told her to get back, get in the back of the vehicle. Uh, there was a plywood, like wood divider separating the cab and the back of the vehicle. Uh, I'm guessing in case they got pulled over. Yeah. You know. People can't just see back in there. So she had to go through like a, to go into the back of the van, she had to like open a little door they had huh. and go through it. So she said inside, once you get back in there though, she's like along the walls, there was like tools. Oh and electrical God. wire. So it was like their own little torture chamber. Yeah. Uh, Gecht had ordered her. Crawling back through in there and seeing that. Knowing like there's so. a dude with a gun. Yeah. Uh, Gecht ordered her to remove her clothes. She did. Then he handcuffed her, uh, per- forced her to perform oral sex on him. She told investigators that the floor and ceiling of the van were covered in carpet. Uh, she says, then he raped me and shoved some pills in my mouth. And made me wash them down with soda. She said as she started to pass out, she saw a cord in his hands. Uh, she was pretty sure he was going to kill her. Uh-huh. But she said she blacked out. 
And then the or next thing she remembers is waking up in the hospital. Well, if the cord was like the piano wire. I'm assuming it was, oh, yeah. God. So piano wire or like electric, because she said electrical wiring. Uh-huh. So, but, uh, so then, so that's, she, she, survi- she survives. Um, and then it doesn't sound, uh, so then from there, uh, October 6, 82. Let me see. When was she found? Um, October 6, 82. So the same day. T- same day, yeah. Just a few hours after they found her body, found her. Uh, the Ripper crew crew pulled up next to a phone booth. They were in their van, and they opened fire on a man named Rafael Torado. He was unarmed, uh, or Rafael Torado and an unarmed man. Both were shot. Rafael was the only intended target, though, and he died. So, and the reason they did this is because they had just. Decided to start taking murder contracts. Oh, so I mean, we're already doing it. Might as well get paid. Might for as well it. get paid for it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they already enjoyed killing. Figured they might as well get paid. So they were responsible for possibly like at least eleven unnamed prostitutes. Um, it's. I mean the what the rate they were going. Uh huh. It seems likely to me that there was probably far more than that. Yeah. So, who knows how many. Getting them daily. Uh, and so, yeah, the Ripper crew are just complete and total fucking psychopaths. Uh, those are the victims. And we're going to go ahead and call this part one of this story because... I need a good cuddle. We're going to get into a lot more details about this crew. More details? Yeah. And we're going to save that for part two. I'm gonna have nightmares from these details. Yeah, so this it's not the it's not the most fun. Uh, no ad break this week. We're not even gonna worry about an ad. I don't I don't want to have any money from this. <laughs> uh, I sometimes feel kind of bad about that. Anyway, yeah. so I uh-huh. I don't want money coming from from this episode. We have so much money coming in anyway. Look, we have we'll dollars just... rolling in, <laughs> pennies at a time. We can turn this stream off for now. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, we'll be back. Or So, I mean, we still got some stuff to do here, but yeah. we'll be back the rest of the story next episode. Holy shit. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it gets. we'll get into what happens to these guys. Uh-huh. Uh, how, how they get caught. How, they, like, get, how they get caught. They get okay, caught. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get into all that. And then we'll get into, uh, there is a crazy connection in this story. All right. Uh, we'll save that for the next episode, but it, it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? No, I'll try not to Wikipedia. Yeah, don't it. don't look at, don't spoil it for yourself. Uh, but okay, so yeah, that's all of that awful shit that happened. Uh huh. Shake that off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. This should be easy. So, Shake it off. No pressure, Joel. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> Bo Jackson's gonna run for a touchdown. Yeah, he is. And then we're gonna hear a Joel's feel good. Play that music. And go. All right. Well, this story I thought I would read because it seems like one that we would get either way. Like, it's a feel-good, but I could easily see this story going the other way and just okay. turn it into a murder mystery. Uh, this takes place in Austin, Texas. A uh, Like, a delivery driver gets stuck at her last dr- delivery of the day, and uh, she stays with the couple for five nights. <laughs> because it's in Texas. You know how, like, they completely shut down because... 
most a lot of Texas lost power this last oh, couple so this weeks. Oh, so this just happened. Yeah, oh okay. yeah, this just happened. This is recent. Okay. It says, uh, let's see what. Chelsea Timmons was driving, and she had a, a delivery for Nina Richardson and Doug Condon's Texas home. And she had groceries. Okay. And they kind of lived, had a little, like, steep driveway. And she says she tried to, like, creep down it, just tapping her brakes. But it was so icy, she lost control and started barreling towards the house. Well, she slowed down, and she just kind of hit a tree. Didn't really hurt her car, but, you know, still, like, she was. And then she tried to get turned around, and she couldn't get back up the driveway. So she tried to call a tow truck, and, like, there was so much shit going on. Like, the tow truck just did, never came. I'm sure that, yeah. She said yeah. she sat out in the car for a couple hours, and eventually they kept saying, like, come on in. And she went in. It was Valentine's Day. I mean, they made her steak oh, dinner. Wow, yeah. And then tow truck could never come. And then, like, every day the tow truck just wouldn't come, and she couldn't <laughs> get out because it was the, the – they said they they didn't have a snow shovel because they didn't – It was Texas. Yeah. There's no need for yeah. – So they had, like, a broom and a spade that they were trying to clear the driveway with. And, like, even if they could clear the driveway, like, her house didn't have power. A lot of the hotels were, you know, over, overrun with I'm people. Sure, yeah. You know, the ones that did have power. And this couple, they had power the whole time. They had a guest room. So she ended up staying five days with them, helping them cook dinners and stuff. And then on the fifth day, they unchained her, and she was able to leave. <laughs> but then she even she you know made it good with the dogs. Like she liked being there. They all took like I said, they made dinners together and meals and stuff. And so they're probably lifelong friends now. Yeah, they said they're gonna keep in touch. And uh, it's just kind of crazy. I could like I said, I could see that story going either way. Either way, yeah. <laughs> like it's a cool story. But then put, put yourself in that situation. Like, do you want a stranger, complete stranger, just stayed at your house for five days? How awkward would it have been if she would have, like, brought the wrong order or something? <laughs> fucked it all up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she was delivering the steaks and stuff. and then That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a weird... Feels good. So, if that was, like, Thanksgiving, or not Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. It, no, Valentine's just, Day. Yeah, so it just happened. It was a Texas couple takes in delivery driver for five days after her car gets stuck in their yard. Yes, that was... Like, what day is... Fe- Valentine's Day. It was just happened like February something or another. Yeah. Something. So yeah, that someday. was just like last week. Yeah. So that's a recent feel yeah. good. Well, that's a pretty I mean good like it's good that they were cool about it because <laughs> Imagine was, if they weren't there they're like, "All right, you're going to have to wait out in your car though." Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Like if you need to use the restroom, I, guess I wonder if that's like uh so if she just could Sounds like a Jordan Peele movie. Depending, is yeah. that who does the get out? And, get out, yeah. and, uh, us or yeah. uh, that? Is it us? Yeah, yeah, and us. Them. I don't know. It's just called us. I okay, yeah. Uh, but like, I wonder if so. Just I wonder if she shows up, uh-huh. makes a delivery, and then she's stuck. Like, I wonder if they were just like, okay, well, good luck. Yeah. Like, and then she say, just trying to go down the hit, like down the drive, like goes into the ditch. Yeah, dies, dies like freezes to death. Uh-huh. Wonder if they're like held responsible for that at all. Mm, I don't know. Like, if you is there like some sort of like hospitality? Yeah, thing Good where like, you kind of have to. Yeah, because Texas got hit pretty hard with all that stuff. Yeah, it was. Yeah, apparently it was pretty bad there for. Yeah, it was like pipes were freezing and bursting in houses. No power or anything. Apparently Jerry Jones made a lot of money, which is good. I saw where like uh, some people's electric bills. Yeah, like, crazy. Were like thousands of dollars. Uh-huh. I blame Joe Rogan for most of it. So <laughs> he went there first. Yeah, I don't know what exactly he did, but I blame him for it. God damn it, Joe! Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good story, though. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I'm glad it worked out for. Sure. Like, yeah, now they're probably all 
probably all hanging out right now. But they're probably listening to that also. Together it right sounds now. like a Netflix movie. Yeah, it definitely could have <laughs> went. It could have went real bad. Uh, yeah. Like the first day was all it was all okay, and then by the second day, the crack started to show. Well, they might have kept her there because they were thinking we may need food. Oh yeah. So they're like, well, let's just see how this plays out. She could go get some and bring it back because she's a delivery driver. That's not what I was talking about at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, maybe they're gonna was, eat her. Maybe she was thick. Yeah. And, and they were like, let's just keep her around, <laughs> yeah. for some, just in case. Just in case. Just in case. We don't know what's gonna happen. Look, we got it. We got. We got to survive. They're like, we're just gonna feed you the the salads. And- <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So. Uh, I've been poisoned by your horrible story. I'm sorry. God damn it. So, all right. So, yeah, that was part one of the story of the Ripper crew. Uh, we'll be back next week with part two. Uh, let us know uh, if, I don't maybe, the, like, I don't know, it's dark as shit to me. Yeah. So, like, let us know if, like, this is, like, uh, a little too much. Too much. Yeah. Or whatever. You know, let us know what you think. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us five stars. Leave us a review. It helps uh, with their like algorithms. So that'd be cool of you. We'd appreciate it. Apple rhythms. The Apple rhythms. <laughs> uh, anywhere else, just subscribe, like, share, all that stuff. <laughs> that's that's your new uh, tag, right? <laughs> when all I say jokes. something funny, it's funny. <laughs> what's one of your uh, like, what's, just what's one of your short jokes that you can do and then add that tag? <laughs> oh, I my nephew got caught jerking off in the socks. What a stupid name for a cat. See, I think it's great. I think you need to do it. I will. I think you need to. Comedy. It could be your new your hamburger, like that tag. All right, let's get out of here. All right, keep that energy up. You got anything to say other than keep the energy up? All right, see you guys later.